it's not that rumbling in your tummy for nachos. It's for the No Class Podcast with your pal, Eddie. And Matt. Well, hello, everyone. Hey, internet buddies. How are you doing out there? I hope you're well. Hey, welcome back. You just got back from Florida, right? Yeah, fighting for my life. We changed the locks, but he's a wily bugger. Yeah. I escaped from Mickey Mouse. There you go. He wanted to buy the rights to the long con, so I had to go out there and talk to him. There's probably going to be a movie based on the con, probably a ride. But I don't think they're going to be able to buy us out. They could not afford it. You notice our color scheme and Mickey. That's no accident. Red, black, white. Mickey has red. His pants are red. Uh, Come on, Eddie. I just think about the face, the head. Uh The Mickey head. Right on. It's interesting. He's only got pants and Donald Duck has no pants. That is interesting. Very. Said the audience. Yes, yes. Because I know everyone out here is a big Disney fans. But y'all didn't go to Disneyland. You went to Disney World. It's a whole world of Disney. Awesome. There were kingdoms, you know. Magical kingdoms. Mm-hmm. Epcot Center. I'll tell you one interesting thing that I learned through that is okay. that our buddy uh, Robert K. is a big Disney fan. Really? Yeah. Well, you know, he's got a grand imagination, so go figure. Go to where imagination takes flight. Well Disney said. World. Yes. This has been a paid advertisement <laughs> for my wife's next trip. <laughs> well, it sounds like y'all had a great time. Um, we had a time. I'll go that far. There you go. <laughs> I was there. Things occurred. Then go. they let me on the plane so I could come home. They, well, you're, you're lucky for that. So while we're shilling for mega corporations, yeah. shill some of our stuff, buddy. You got anything Heck to say yeah. about Long Con Spring? Ooh-wee. I cannot wait for spring. Mm, we're going to have a fling in the spring. It makes your heart sing. It does. Absolutely. Makes my sphincter tingle. So not a, not a lot of news on that front. We've got a sponsorship coming up. Yeah. Awesome. So we can talk about that pretty soon. We've probably talked about it before, but we'll keep you on the ropes just a little bit longer. Okay. Keep you curious. Not you, Matt, the yeah. listener. Hey, I am a little curious, but it's okay. <laughs> just call me Curious Jorge. But anyway. Just so what's... Let- what else is new since the last podcast? Well, I'm glad you ask. Nothing really that I can think of. Oh, there's a big difference. Uh-oh. There's something different about you. Oh, well. You're a real man now. You know because it. since the last podcast, you beat Dark Souls 3. That's right. I beat the stuffings out of Dark Souls 3. And I would say, as I've done it, I've played the game a million times, sunk a million hours into it. Mm-hmm. But this is my first time getting to co-op through it with somebody. Yeah. We tore it a new one. We really did. Really did. Um, but, you know, it definitely, that's the game that separates the men from the boys and both from their sanity. Because, I mean, the visuals are gorgeous. Uh, uh, it's been a lot of fun playing it. Uh, I've had a good time. Um, but it's definitely uh, not a... It's not it's, to be taken lightly. Yeah, it's not an easy game. You know, I mean, there's, there's a learning curve. And then just you got to have some tenacity. But. And since I've been on the big va- the vacation, mm-hmm. Matt's been playing through by himself. Yeah, and I don't think he's been challenged 
too much, but it is a little harder when you're by yourself, isn't it? Oh, it is. And, but I was proud to like, you know, I was doing great on my own, you know, cause it's like, I would call for you to help me with the, 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 um, the, you know, the, 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 the bosses throughout the cinder Lords or whatever. But part of that was that I know that as kind of what you were hoping for was to co-op it and whatever with somebody. And then for two, they are challenging. I mean, you know, uh, but I was doing fine on my own until of course the water dancer, she is a booger. The dancer of the, the dancer of the boreal valley. valley yeah. yeah. She's, but like she drains, she drips from the sun. with like a big drop of water initially. And she, her fluid movements are very fluid, and this diaphanous veil or something follows her. I mean, it's visually, it's a beautiful thing, whatever. But I mean, yeah, it's a thing of beauty. But it's a tough fight, you know. And she can conveniently swivel at the hip and do a three sixty spin with a twenty foot long sword. So, good luck evading that crap, you know. Well, I'm sure the longtime listeners already know. What I will say about this, but now that we have our wonderful one to five rating system, mm-hmm. what would you give Dark Souls three? Well, um, I'd give it a four, absolutely. A solid four. A solid four, absolutely. I'm a solid five. Wow! But you guys know that already. Yeah. My I'm wife a, gets I'm on to me because I don't give anything a five. Nothing. Rarely, because the the, the idea is years ago. Um, there's always room for improvement. That's, that's it. You know, I've said there's always room for improvement. Like, that's why it's a good thing. I'm not a manager because I'd be the guy I'd be like, well, here's your yearly evaluation Four. Hey man, you should be tickled to get a four for me. There's always room for improvement. There should be, you should always set goals. You, You achieve that goal, set the next goal, set the bar higher every time. Boom. So you guys keep that in mind. Next time Matt runs a game for you, four stars. I'd be tickled to get four stars. Next time I run a game for you, five stars or nothing else. Yeah. I'm kind of like Enterprise Rent-A-Car and all those. <laughs> if it's not five stars, somebody's getting a talking to. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway. So part of the reason we're talking about a video game right here is. Yeah. Good, good little games to go. That's easy for you to say. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, this Saturday, we, your uh, uh, loathed podcasters, are going to be running games. And what are you running, Mr. Eddie? At Games to Go. Well, Games to Go is a retro game store. Mm-hmm. They've got the new stuff too, I guess. But for me, that's pretty much where I go to get my retro games that yeah. I love so much. And they're a really great bunch of guys. They're very knowledgeable. Yeah, so yeah. I've already known these guys for a while that way. And now yeah. they're opening it up, so they'll have the tabletop stuff and magic. Awesome. And I'm going to be running Death House. Ooh. Fifth edition D&D Ravenloft. You're going to be running... Hole in the Sky, Dungeon Crawl Classics. No one saw that coming. Well, who saw you running? Yeah. Not Sailors? You know, yeah, no, no Sailors. Well, hello, Sailor. Hello, Sailor. Yeah. Well, that's one of the things for the old gems that we bust out. Yeah. There's a reason they're gems. Yeah. But you got to wonder how many people have played them. Well, you've had a really good reception with Death House. In fact, he's literally got a, what would you call that? Model. He has a model of the house, which, you know, that props people, tend, people love props and terrain or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so that kind of adds a certain level. You have a real love for anything Strahd or the, what is that? The dimension Ravenloft. of dread Ravenloft, whatever. So I know that, you know, when you really are passionate about something, it kind of usually comes across, you know, uh, but unfortunately I can only get four stars from Matt. Duh. But anyway, and, and, uh, um, I figured, 
DCC. Why not? And uh, I love Hole in the Sky by Brendan J. LaSalle. Who? You know, the guy that was one of our special guests at last year's Long Con. Not ringing a bell. Yeah. That's a shame. But anyway. So, uh, this Saturday, Saturday, the one, one February, one October, one February, mm-hmm. we'll be running some games at 10 a.m. bright and early in the morning. I'll be there at noon. Yeah, whatever. You'll be there at 10, I'll be there at noon. Whatever. Whatever. Okay. <laughs> whatever. Welcome to the Whatever Podcast yeah. featuring whatever. Whatever. So come check out Games to Go, good friends of us. Uh, some really friendly guys. Yeah. Can't say enough good things about them. And that's all I'm going to say about them for now. We'll give you an update on how the grand reopening goes. Yeah. Um, not a lot of Geek World news at the moment. No, they just got in a bunch of interesting new product. I saw a little video they posted to Facebook. I can watch Facebook, but I can't post on Facebook. Feel free to thank me for that, people. I finally had to break down and report it to my close personal friend, Android Mark Zuckerberg. There you go. And so Matt is temporarily off of the Facebook. Makes sense. Mark Zuckerberg looks like an Android, so there's that. But anyway, I'm in FB jail. All right. Well, sort of kind of talking about Goodman games. Yeah. Since you're running some Goodman game product. Mm-hmm. How about Doom on the Warden? I kicked it. I kicked it old school. You did? I did. I didn't expect you to. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I kicked it. Yeah. Well, good. We both did. We both did. Well, we were fortunate enough to be able to actually play test that. With yeah. We better have our names in it. Yeah. I hope so. Or right, we'll have to take that up with Jim Ward. That's right. With James. Jim Ward. Yeah, but that was fun. That was where we met uh, Brian and Bob, and mm-hmm. and they got to play in that game because you know just with sort of a happy accident we met those guys when we were going to see the uh, Memorial Stone. Sometimes we can pull off some good hookups. Yeah, and uh, I mean what luck those guys got to play. And I think Brian's character died. He, he lost two characters. I think, and James made a comment. It seemed like of like I don't generally kill the same person's character twice, but for you I'll make an exception or something. Yeah, he had made a special one for us because we drove 80,000 miles to come to that game. Yeah. That he would let you have a character, and then if that died, he'd give you a robot to control. And if that died, then you're out of it. But he's like, I never do that. You get one character, and that's it. Oh, yeah. I've heard stories about James Ward was, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? He's a killer GM. It's lethal. Yeah, it's lethal. Which, actually, this adventure, he refers to it as the Tomb of Horrors in Space mm-hmm. to give the point of reference of how brutal it's supposed to be. But we we had a lot of fun. We I enjoyed it a great deal. Yeah, and playing it, there were so many, you go left or you go right. Man, we're going to go right, but I'm so curious about what's to the left now. Yeah. It's, it was just really, really interesting. We had a lot of fun. Um, and so what's interesting was I've thought a number of times about checking out you know, uh, Goodman Games, in conjunction with Mr. Ward, uh, you know, reissued the original like Metamorphosis Alpha rules, and they'd done a number of modules and adventures and stuff for it. Mm-hmm. And but I never, I thought about it, but never followed through. Well, they're doing a deal, con- conveniently enough, where you can get all of the product they had produced for Metamorphosis Alpha, and if you if you get the whole schmear, caboodle, yeah. you get a really good price point on it. So I actually kicked the whole wow. kit and caboodle. 
So at some point in the future, look out. Y'all might get to play some old school Metamorphosis now. I did the one where you get the book as well. So The hardbound or the softbound? I think the hardbound. Cool. I was hoping there would be an off, an option where you could do the signature with that, mm-hmm. but there wasn't. It was kind of a weird thing how it fell in the different Kickstarter rewards. Well, we might be able to... But you know, there's a good chance we'll find him and track him down and get his signature. Hang so in there, so Mr. Bad. Ward. <laughs> yeah. God bless him. He's had some health issues the last few years. But he's a really nice guy. I, I met him at NTRPG um, when he signed My Deities and Demigods, the one with the mythos. And, um, of course, we got to game with him that time, which was cool. Super nice guy. All right. Yeah. Well, that's all of our rambling before we get into our topic. We have a topic? For the first time ever, we have a topic for this podcast. I thought we were just going to freestyle. Just Not riff. just us rambling. Yeah, well... Okay. Know your role. Slow your roll. Oh, and shut your hole. That's right. Duh. Let your pie hole. Yeah. So, um, you know, oh, yeah. So I had posted a meme uh, to one of the, like, the East Texas role players group a while back about. And that's why he's no longer allowed on Exactly. Facebook. Well, you know, not within a thousand feet. But um, it's like, you know, this is a game of imagination. Do what you want. Um. And, and that goes back to there are people that have not joined our hobby that probably would like to because they're paralyzed with fear that they're not going to do something right or won't know what die to roll or will look stupid or, or ignorant or whatever. And it's really a shame because I would tell those people that in all the years I've played with all the socially awkward people and whatnot, um, I've never seen anybody give somebody a hard time because they didn't know what die to use or or, or you know the rules or whatever um everyone has a starting point and i think universally i can say this most people if not everyone is tickled to have new people in the, the hobby so they're very um accepting and gracious. they try to make people feel comfortable i mean even the most socially awkward weirdo in the group is if nothing else they're not going to give somebody a hard time you know because they're like oh boy somebody else is playing is in our hobby um so, oh boy. so yeah, well, but I say all that to say, well, that being said, yeah, it's a game of imagination. Do what you want. But now that we have welcomed you into the fold, yeah, get with it. Yeah. Well, I mean, okay. There, for years, there were the four kind of arch things. There were the healers, you know, call them whatever you want in a different game system, priests, clerics, marshals, whatever your, your role is healing. Or you're a tank, you know, you're called a fighter or a warrior or a paladin or whatever. Your role is to aggravate the mob, deal some damage, keep it focused on you. I mean, this, this is this is your role. I mean, who doesn't understand this? You're the rogue. You're supposed to, you know, pick some locks and deactivate some traps. Oh, but in combat, you know, get in there, flank, do some damage, whatever. Try to draw too much aggro, blah, blah, blah. You're the wizard. You're, you're the glass cannon, you know, and a lot of times you're crowd control, da, 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 da. Okay, so you, you've got your role established, but we're seeing, I guess since time immemorial, I've been in the hobby for a long time, there are people that would go, well, I don't really want to play the cleric, but I guess I'll do it begrudgingly. And they would do it, but then they wouldn't do it because they wouldn't follow the role. They'd charge in and they're trying to be like a tank or something. And then mm-hmm. they go, I go and they're down. And you're like, well, our healer's down. This does not bode well, you know. Um, you know, and so it's not something that's new, but, but here's the thing I'd go back to is, um, 
in previous editions, the guy's like, well, I don't really want to heal. I want to get in there and mix it up. I want to cast, you know, offensive spells. Well, okay, yeah, I mean, you didn't have any recourse. It's like, whatever. But as of fourth edition, they had spells that like, oh, I can heal you, but when I heal, I do some damage to the mob over here. Mm-hmm. Or even now they have like bonus actions. Like, I can throw you a bonus action and still swing with my mace or do my at-will little damage spell. So there's really no excuse now not to fulfill your role and heal. But I'm seeing people that are playing clerics that I genuinely believe don't have any intention to heal other than maybe themselves, you know, their own character. And it's just, you got to understand for your own sake, people are doing this. The party's going to resent you <laughs> because that that's your role. You know, and people like, well, I don't want to just buff and heal. Well, then don't play the cleric. And I see someone like, well, I kind of want to be a, you know, cast spells like a wizard, but God, wizards are so, you know, their hit points suck and their AC mm-hmm. sucks. Well, I'll play a cleric. They get spells. No, play the wizard, you know. That way, no one's going to have any, going to be let down if you don't <clears throat> fulfill your role. But that's like, though, I did just throw shade on the people playing clerics. Throw shade, throw shade. There are people playing tank types that I've seen, like, and the dragon lands, and the guy goes, the warrior goes, and I pull up my crossbow and drop back to the rear of the party. And everybody at the table's looking, I'm like, are you kidding me? You know, again, get up there, tank, draw aggro, you know. Know your role. And within reason, fulfill that. Anyway, that's kind of... What's your, what are your thoughts, Mr. Eddie? Well, one of the things I would say is it, the cleric is weird that some people justify not healing. Or just because you're playing a cleric doesn't mean you have to heal. Yeah, it does. Yeah. And why does it? Because you're fulfilling one of these four classical roles, like Matt said, when you look around the table and you go, what are you going to play? What role are you filling? Mm-hmm. I'm the fighter. Okay, you're going to be in the front. You're going to stop stuff from getting to the back line. The wizard's going to cast spells. He's going to do useful stuff like that, even if it's just identifying, seeing, uh, detect magic, that sort of thing. Not even like, no, as a wizard, you must cast fireball. No, you don't. You can do buffs and defensive and control, and mm-hmm. you have a lot of options. But you're supposed to be doing wizardly stuff. Mm-hmm. If the wizard suddenly pulled out their dagger every fight and ran up and tried to stab somebody, you have to imagine everyone in the party would be looking at them like, what is wrong with you? Yeah, the one that really, I guess, resonates for me or kind of makes a good example is if you tell the party you're playing a rogue, but you go, by the way, I don't find traps and I don't, you know, open locks. Okay, then we functionally don't have a rogue in the party. This is a great, maybe a great role-playing experience for you. You may have some reason that your character does that. But you're still handicapping the party. Right. Because they're expecting you to fill your role. Yeah. And that's the best way to put your handicap in the party. Because I I can go back to the old uh, Living Greyhawk days. And I remember... A number of occasions where, uh, like one time, when we're, we, we, okay, you'd have a bunch of people show up to play, and you might hear like one table go, hey, 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 we don't have a healer over here. Because there's some things you can get by without. Oh, we don't have a dedicated tank. Well, this guy over here goes, my character's kind of tanky. I can maybe do like a gear switch up or do something. I can, maybe with certain buffs y'all could give me, I'll tank for the party. Oh, okay. You know, um, 
you know, whatever. Or, you know, maybe someone's like, well, I don't, we don't have a rogue, but between the wizard and the cleric, I have certain spells like knock. And uh, there used to be a clerical spell like find remove traps or something. Mm-hmm. We'll load those spells up to fill that void. We don't have. But it's like, if you don't have a healer, you're really hamstrung as a group. And in Living Greyhawk, it was so, I mean, you really didn't want to lose your character or die. You wanted to accomplish the adventure. It was a shame, but it might be like if you, some of those adventures are so brutal and you didn't want to lose your character or your gear or whatever, or have to pay for a resurrection if you had the money, that, you know, it'd be like, you'd be calling out, hey, was there anybody be willing to drop off one of his other tables? Like, oh, that table Mm -hmm. has two healers. Uh, Or someone might go, well, you know what? I have a couple alt characters. I'll bring my healer, you know. But it doesn't always have to be healers. This is one of the, I guess, problem areas, but it's just as easy to go, hey, we're all casters on this table. Does anybody have some kind of a fighter? Someone want to roll a fighter? Yeah, it's going to be all into the back line. There's nobody blocking any aggro. Yeah. So sometimes it's like, hey, will somebody please play a fighter yeah. and do the fighter roll? Yeah, and and that's where I'll, I'll dote on Eddie, and I think me too. Where if we sit at a table and you know people are like, ah, I'm hell bent to want to play this class, this class, we'll go. Okay, those have been picked. I can have fun playing anything. You know, I'll we pick one of those arch rolls and then we we try to play to that role. You know, because we want people to fulfill those roles. Because when you do have some a group of people that are playing to those classic roles, you'll see the synergy. It works that way for a reason. It works well. And those parties do better. And there's something rewarding in the night when you go, man, we didn't just accomplish the goal of this adventure. We tore it up tore it up and it's more times honest because everybody knew their role and played to their role and did their did the job well and still had fun you know um so you can be a cleric and you can not heal anybody yeah just make that known when you're designing the character and come into the table you're some odd when you go do we have a healer and you go oh i'm the cleric no you're not you're a cleric but there's if there's no healing on the table and there's ways around it there's enough characters now in fifth edition that have a little healing well that you can make you can make do that's what i was getting at was uh we had a guy who said drop on an lg table like well i'm playing a druid and we're like okay good druids aren't great healers in 3.5 but you can heal you know and he loaded and that's like uh, at a convention i heard a table bemoaning oh we don't we don't have a healer and i said there's a i was at a full table i'm like that looked like they really had their act together. I'm like, well, I'll come to your table. And when I got there and they're like, what are you playing? I said, a bard. And they're in 3.5. They're like, ugh. And I went, no, you understand. I've built my bard to be a, the best healer a bard can be. And by the end of that play session, they were like, wow, dude, I kind of blew their minds. But I'm like, I built this bard to be a healer. Cause I could, unlike other, I could tumble in, give a heal and tumble away and right. get into you know, tight spots. Well, and if stuff. you have say a bard, and a ranger and a paladin. Mm-hmm. That's not a bad party right there. No. And everybody's got a little bit of healing a that they can bit. get somebody back up, which yeah. is usually the most important thing. Yeah, you know. But that's one of those things, though, I've seen some people where you're like, oh, okay, we're kind of hamstrung for healing. Oh, but you're playing a paladin. They'll be like, well, now I'm not going to load any heal spells. Well, you've got your lay on hands. Well, that's for me. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I mean, it is what it is, but at least, kind of like Eddie said, let people know up front, like, you know, when you hear people go, oh, you know, we don't really have a healer. Go, well, I'm not loading healing spells as a ranger or a paladin or a bard or whatever. It'd be like, okay, do you have a healing wand or something? I mean. Yeah, because yeah. for me, for example, this is one of the stories that we probably tell a lot. Is when I was playing a ranger with the group, mm-hmm. they didn't even know I had a healing spell loaded. 
mm-hmm. because all my spell slots were for Hunter's Mark. Mark. Kind of like the Paladin, all his are for smites. Mm-hmm. But that's no reason to not load it, to not have it in your back pocket. Because yeah. if somebody goes down, mm-hmm. that's a resource that you can use. Oh, sure. And it's almost like the only person that's getting the heal out of me is the cleric. Because yeah. if I get them back up, then they can effectively heal everybody else here. Yeah. Oh, sure. And I mean, I remember um, um, uh, uh, Leela played a really good cleric. I enjoyed her right. character, had a good role-playing idiom. But early on, we were still kind of feeling out 5th edition. I remember her being a little kind of wild and loose with her casting and maybe using some slots that we were over here we were all kind of going, oh, I wish you'd save that for heals. But she was quick to kind of at the, at the combat that we'd say, like, I got enough heals to, to help you, but to get through the combat, but after combat, she'd go, why don't you take a short rest and use your healing dice? And we'd go, oh yeah, good point. I mean, it's so we're, it's not to say you should point your finger and go, oh, your spell should be buffs and heals clear. No, have some fun if you have enough casting slots and like her it's like well no i'm gonna have a little fun but don't worry you'll get your heels and your buffs well to she elaborate on what you said she struck a balance to elaborate on something else that you said in the beginning of this is you have all these bonus heels now yeah. or you have all these bonus spells for example if you just throw out your spiritual weapon mm-hmm. you're striking every round regardless of what you're doing you're still getting your attack in you're not losing anything if you heal somebody yeah and like I said, I remember having to correct a uh, person playing a cleric in, you know, in, it seems recently, but I remember they were basically, I was like, you mind throwing me a heal? And they're like, oh gosh, I already, you know, used my, my action to do this other thing. And I went, y- you know, healing was a healing word or is a bonus mm-hmm. action. They're like, oh, oh, is that right? And I'm going, well, I'm not the one playing the cleric here, but I know that's a bonus spell. You know, I mean... It's not the best heal, but it's something, you know. Well, you know. part of this, to give you a little bit more backstory, we're playing an all-cleric party now because this has so inspired us. Yeah. And in the last one, we're all clericking it up and doing our different spells and straight-up attacks because that's it. That's the whole party. Yeah. But I remember somebody went down, I healing word and got them back up. Then they had all their spells to take care of themselves. The next round somebody went down, I healing worded them back up, and they had all their spells to take care of themselves. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it can be done. You can heal somebody and still have fun. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Well, that's what I love is I'm like you. I don't even think I took Cure Light Wounds with my few first level spells, but I took Healing Word because yep. I knew as a bonus action I can get somebody back on their feet, and we're all supposed to be clerics, so, you know. Um, and it, that's, it is an interesting, funny game, but it's like, when you think about that, we were talking about how fun this has been and how we've enjoyed it and the dynamic that clerics can fill, you know, some of us are, mm-hmm. let me step up and tank a little bit. I've got a slightly better AC or something, uh, whatever. Uh, Hey, and people have been good about like, let me throw out a bless or whatever and buff. So I'm seeing healing and buffing out of everybody, which is good. We're, we're bunch of clerics but like can you imagine trying to play a party that's all wizards like ooh, who's going to tank you know uh, the half work there you go but anyway um and any you could if you could probably play an all rogue party oh that would be team stealth all the way exactly I, you could say that a cleric party is broke but i think almost any one class party would be pretty broke or at least they'd be all, all pretty reasonable. All warrior. I don't know. You have no healing. You have no trap detection or lot. But you have your, 
I'm trying to think what it is, like Just second wind force. or whatever, don't you? Your second wind, true. So, I mean, you can do the, like, I'm going to take a knee and heal up here, and you've yeah. got a lot more hit points to burn through. That's true. Good and AC's. as long as you make it through the end of the combat, yeah. healing potions. Yeah, yeah. You've got more healing. You're going to do more damage. Yeah. You're going to have more hit points, and you've probably got a great armor class. And again, it's like smart play. If you see that one warrior in the mix was kind of getting beat down, he slips away. Somebody mm-hmm. else comes up, draws aggro, and you just kind of rotate out, kind of share the damage around. Yeah, and you got to think of how much uh, synergy you could get off the different feats and abilities. Oh, yeah. Like if you took the, uh, I can't remember, but it's like the sword and board one where it's like, hey, if you stand next to me, I can give you a plus two to your AC. Yeah. And then the next guy can take one where it's like, hey, anytime somebody tries to hit you, I get a shot on them. Yeah. So, I mean, oh, you yeah. can think of a lot of good ways, no, especially no, no. No. you could yeah. think of a lot of good ways to cheese it out. Well, no, not me. Who and really, me? Cochise? No. I think a team of assassins, rogue oh. assassins. Oh, no. I've Years ago, back in 3.5 days, I tried to convince a party to play an all-drow party. Yep. Because you don't need light, and you have dark vision. You can sneak up on everybody in the dark. They need the light to see. You don't. Whatever. You snuff the light out. They're blind. You're stabbing and ganking. And Oh, no. I, an all-rogue party would be brutal. Yeah, and if you did the assassin thing, oh yeah, round one, mm-hmm. you put almost everything down. Oh yeah, because you're going to get that first attack, and then you're going to get that huge amount of first round damage. Mm-hmm. Burst. That'd be pretty sexy. Yeah. Oh yeah, no, no. Like, so it'd be interesting. There's a lot of parties that could be interesting, like an all ranger party, or you know, whatever. Yeah. And honestly, sometimes it's, in a way, it almost makes sense. Like all these wizards have left for some purpose from. You know, the Wizards College or... Uh, well, yeah, you know. isn't that the Wizards Enclave or whatever that uh, module, the DCC mod? Yeah. Isn't that one in all Wizards? Oh, don't start me lying, but yeah, that's it. And I know neat. it seems like uh, at NTRPG, maybe last year or the year before, they had a, a celebrity game where they all played Wizards. Yeah, that's kind of cool. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely, that's another thing that you don't do very much. No. But, but like put a little said, pep in your step. Yeah, we've made it fun and interesting for us. Like, well, a while back, we decided to do an all half orc party. That's some of the most fun I've had playing fifth edition so far. With that party, was embrace the low intel. Yeah, we're like, like here's the thing is like I see newer players do the things everybody does when, does when they're a newer player, and it's kind of like Katie said uh, we were doing the death on the warden where like man we went right, but I wonder what was left. Well, mm-hmm. but you go eh, well um. It's kind of you see new players do what what classically I call a monkey trap, where to the old season player we look at each other across tell me and Eddie that visually we look at each other like nope this is a monkey trap don't touch it and this new player will be like ooh I want to go up and touch that gem or pull that lever and we go well let's see what happens here and watch it blow up in their face, um, but it's the hilarious thing with the half works we knew things were obvious monkey traps but we did it anyway we would mm-hmm. we would purposely oh, yeah. do it. Because we're like, oh, yeah, these are half-orcs. They're dumbasses. And then so hilariously, because the, the den of being a half-orc and what the, the Lord loves children and fools or whatever, we would survive the stupid thing. You I know? remember there was one pillar or something that started like this evil chanting, and we all started chanting <laughs> along. Time, me and Eddie are like, <laughs> we, we touch it, you know, whatever. Yeah. We start chanting too, you know. But we it's it was too funny. Um, yeah, those guys would be a lot of fun to dust off to you. Oh, yeah. Because I remember, like, like we're normally you kill some goblins, like, oh, we're done. We kill them, we're like, oh, this is good eating. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we stoked up a fire, roasted some goblin, and the the one not or, half work with us was like, what the? We're like, want to try some goblin? Tastes like chicken. <laughs> now, one thing I want to go back to on the cleric thing. Yeah, we kind of went off on that. That you hear 
Yeah. And we're allowed to go on tangents. We're famous for our tangents. Duh. But one thing that Epic I can tangents. I can hear you screaming to your listening device here is that it is more effective to heal after the combat than in the combat. Like, the cleric doesn't have to heal you during the combat, which I'm yeah. going to say that is wrong because of one big thing, death saves. Mm-hmm. You may not get three death saves. Right. That's nice, and you can go, oh, we got three rounds to get to this guy. Mm-hmm. You don't always. Yeah. Crap can happen. I... A one clunks out, some monster decides to come take a hit on him and give him two crits, mm-hmm. or give him two death fails right there. You need to heal people when they go down. We we played with the cleric. He was a good guy, and he played a, a decent cleric. And uh, but there he had that policy of like, well, wait till you go down. Well, character went down, and then it's like before he could get over to heal them, we were fighting the kind of monster that it was part of its its repertoire, its thing to do, its scripted actions, was that it ran up and ripped his heart out of mm-hmm. his chest and took a big bite out of it. Oops. Read the wording on the fifth level little minor resurrection spell. The body has to be intact. And so the player just looking, hands wide open, looking at the cleric like, really? And that cleric players are like, look at the GM, like, I can't believe you did that. And I'm like, and that's when the rest of us, me and Eddie, were shaking our head and mumbling, this is why we've been telling you, you can't wait till somebody goes down. And, And I'll tell you, I think the three saves thing is similar to what was in fourth edition. Again, the much maligned fourth edition had the three death saves, remember? I have no idea right now, to be honest. But it had something like that, and I can remember an example of running an adventure that ended up being a TPK in 4th edition. And the thing about it was there was a group of uh, race, which race are a tough enemy in in any edition, and they're really ganking the party, but there was this one over-wraith that had this death field around it. Well, sure, a player would go down, Oh, I'm going to get my so-and-so saves. But just like in 5th edition and 4th edition, oh, its effect is going off. You're down on the ground. Boom, when, hit, when, he, when he hits you, that's like an automatic failed save or whatever. And I think in 5th edition, if you're struck while you're down, any damage is considered like boom, boom, two failed saves right there. So you can see where, you know, the whole mentality of like, well, wait till you go down. No, that's really not. It's there's so many ways that the character's going to die and it's and uh, be like, I guess a permanent death or die that where you could have got them back on their feet. Mm-hmm. Now it's going to be an expensive res, blah, blah, blah. And really there's a lot of times when that can start the domino effect for the party. Mm-hmm. If you well, let the fighter go down, well, guess who's going down next? That was how this encounter was a TPK because like I said, one person would go down and they thought, well, we'll try to get to them because that party had a dedicated cleric and it had a bard that would, you know, kind of back up spot heal off tank. You know, they were definitely the jack of all trades in this party. Well, the cleric went down. The bard was going to try to help him. Boom, he went down. No, I think it was what? The cleric went down. The warrior went down. Then the bard went down. And then, in short order, the wizard tried to kind of like, I'm going to hold him off. Get out of here. So it's not TPK to the ranger. The ranger hemmed and hawed. You know, it's kind of like we, another thing we've complained about is like everybody on the same page. Either we're all running or we're all standing and fighting. How many times we go, all right, we're running, right? We're running, right? Comes one guy's turn. I take a swing. Wait, what the? What did mm. we just agree on? Well, so now it's like now you're disjointed. Well, three people have already ran. It came his turn. He stood and, and he attacked, but he didn't like. It's not the hero like I'm gonna hold off the thing. No, he just on a goof like I want to take a swing, see what happens. Like, dude, be unified. That's another yep. one. But anyway, uh, but yeah. So by the time the ranger finally thought, oh crap, the chips are down. I guess I should have ran. They went to run. 
Nope. The Wraiths just ran her down. It was a TPK. And here's the hilarious part is they didn't let anybody in the town know that they were going down the cavern under the church or whatever. So I thought, no one's coming. I can't justify this not being a true unrecoverable TPK because no one knows you're down here. Yep. And it was really sad because there were some really fun characters that the players role played. I really, it hurt to kill uh, those characters. Those characters. Yeah. But yeah, but and it really, they played well. But like I said, it was that bad domino effect with that race field that, mm-mm. that's a tough encounter. I think you guys probably had a tough time with that encounter. Yeah. As I remember when I ran Scales of War again. So that's kind of what we wanted to talk yeah. about on the Know Your Role is if you've got some role-playing idiom, you're like, there's a reason that my rogue doesn't detect, doesn't find traps, or there's a reason my character doesn't do something that is associated with this class. That's fine. I'm happy for you. But make it clear. Go play that character. But make it clear that somebody else is going to have to fill that spot. Yeah. And, that, and that's something that might be a good thing, because you say there's times where like, I really kind of want to play a rogue, and someone else goes, oh, I'm playing a rogue, and I might go, well, I'll defer to them. But it might be like, well, how about... I'll play some different kind of like you know. There's different builds or there's different things like you know. I'm gonna put all my energy into being really great at spotting traps. Mm-hmm. Tell the other guy maybe you should focus on being the best damn lock picker around. We'll put all of our feats and energy into focusing in different directions or something. I mean, you know. Well, do you remember way back in Second Edition where they had like the trap springer dwarves and stuff? Yeah. Well, that was kind of like their only thing because you could allot out your different skill points. Mm-hmm. So it was like your base starting stuff instead of having 10% pickpockets and this and that. You didn't have any of that stuff, but you were really good at all the trap stuff. Kind of mm-hmm. like a professional dungeoneer. As you say, yeah, you're a dungeoneer. Yeah. And that's, I usually lean more that way when I play my rogues. I'm not the guy that's going in there and picking pockets for the most part. Yeah, you're that heart of gold or really, or, and it's kind of like, they eventually came out with a class and then called a scout. Um, and even now they've, yeah. And anyway, but yeah, I mean, there's the idea of like, nah, more of the woodland scout, uh, uh, skirmisher guy, you know, who happens to have these skills, but you're not trying to pick locks and, you know, steal, you're not a burglar or whatever, you know? Yeah. The other thing I would like to discuss about knowing your role is you may come up with a great character, but when you're coming up with this, all this great backstory and how you want to play this character, make them useful to the party. Don't make it something that it's like, I've got this barbarian, but he only uses crossbows. It's like, you're really not filling that role and you're not, you're not being handy. Uh, some people make like cowardly characters. And it's like, I'm going to run away for a round. Okay, maybe that's a good role-playing experience for you. But if you think about it in your party, would they hang out with this guy? Right. Would your characters hang out with your character? Why would they justify that? And I've had people try to say, like, well, I mean, I work with people at my job that I don't like. And I'm like, yeah, but you don't really have a choice in that. Your employer says you have to work with them unless they – but even then, if they crossed a certain line at work that wasn't conducive to the work environment, they'd get written up enough times and they would be let go. But, I mean, this is something that you're out in the world in the inn or tavern going, well, let's see who's going to go with us. And the first time you saw, you know, Cowardly Joe run away, you'd go, yeah, we're getting rid of this guy. You or know. if you have backstabbing Pete. Yeah. Where it's like every time we get into a fight, if it looks like it might go the other way, he starts joining the other side. 
That happened. How long would that fly? That happened one time. You yeah. know? <laughs> That'd be the last time. But that's, I tell the story, I'm, I'm probably never told on here, but we used to play with a guy that, and, and I always thought it was crummy. Well, not crummy. I always thought it was just like convenient that people always played a rogue. They played the rogue with a heart of gold that never stole from the party or da 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 da. da. And I thought, man, a real grind ball, raising the streets, hungry rogue would probably be the sleaze that would steal from everybody but nobody mm-hmm. ever plays that way and it's probably good because they realize people would run them off mm-hmm. but i'm open-minded enough and that i loved it we played with a guy once that yeah he stole from the party he stole from everybody he would steal anything that wasn't nailed down and i and i loved it but i think the other member of the party you gary was he couldn't stand it so so we're con- he's constantly calling for like I'm, 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 you know, watching him. I'm watching him. I'm watching him. And finally, he finally made a perception check or whatever it would have been and caught him in the act. So, of course, he trounced the poop out of the rogue. Well, then the rogue goes, goes good. And he said, this is my role playing idiom, but now I can justify that my guy wouldn't do it again because he's scared of your warrior. You kill me. Unless, of course, if the rogue had been a real devious guy, I might be like, well, I'll just poison you or stab you in the back or you're not looking or something. But luckily, our party's never turned to that kind of. I've heard about stories about mm-hmm. people that, you know, killing each other's characters but anyway but so then my wizard eventually caught him in the act and so it's not my idiom as a wizard to beat the crap out of him said i charmed him you know quite charming and this was old school D because based off his intelligence he was charmed for like a month so yeah and it, it, then he gets to make a save and he failed it so that's like another month in game time and he failed it and it was hilarious because it'd be he'd be like to the gym has it been a month yeah, make your roll. Clunk. Failed it. I'm like, tee hee. And on top of, I'm telling him, don't steal from me. I'm your friend. But then also in the middle of combat, if something jumped on me, I'd be like, come help me, lean us. And he'd be like, ugh. <laughs> he'd come over to tank from my wizard and get the mob off me. I'd be like, tee hee. You know, Thanks, buddy. And he was like, ugh, I can't wait till this charm. But at the end of the charm, I was like, all right, you going to steal from me again? No. I was like, again, he, he had a role-playing justification probably wouldn't steal from my character anymore because he saw what you know anyway but i i didn't mind a person that once again played to the role of a wizard and really kind of you know because i've played a rogue one time where i was yeah i was fleecing from the bar i was taking about 10 percent off the top skimming a little bit mm-hmm. and most everybody was like eh, i rolled their eyes like rogues but one guy just went all through him he couldn't stand it it just drove him nuts and he literally suicided his character in the effort of trying to expose my rogue. Mm-hmm. And I mean, the guy never came back. I mean, that pissed him off so bad. He just like never came back. And I'm like, good night. I mean, it's just a game, you know? And it's not like, I mean, anyway, like Linos was way worse than that. I'm talking about the guy. I mean, he was stealing with both hands. I mean, really valuable stuff. Anyway. But yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, and that's the other thing. That's a whole other story. But like people that can differentiate, separate character knowledge from player knowledge, mm-hmm. it's hard for some people to do. And I'm tickled for people that can go, okay, my character doesn't know you're stealing from us. He's like, hey, I love the rogue. You know, he's a great guy. You know, I mean, but that guy, he did, he knew I'm stealing because we have to talk about the table. I guess I should have been passing notes, old school. But I thought that these guys were big enough to be able, no, well, at least not that one guy. He had a, it just went all through him that I was stealing. But then if I'd been passing notes, everybody'd be like, hey, wait a minute, what's this about? You know, but that's kind of fun sometimes. Though. It is. Yeah. So, anyway. So, when you're playing your character, just keep in mind you can be as lone wolf and edgelord, whatever you want. 
but be useful to the party. Mm-hmm. It it's a game about fun. You can play your character, but make it fun for everybody. Yeah. Think about it as the cleric when you're like, "Why well, shouldn't heal this guy yet?" How much fun are they having playing a character laying bleeding out on the ground? So if you have no other reason to heal them, just do it for that to get them back in the game so they can have fun again. Good call. I mean, it's something. Yeah, that's a good call. Because I've there's a guy we used to play with that every time he would make some character that was a loner, mm-hmm. and you were like, Ugh, you know. So it was a nightmare for the GM trying to somehow keep him with the group focused on the same. I mean, literally, this guy. If the party said we're going right. I'm going left. It's just obnoxious. I hate people like that. Yep. Hate's a strong word, but yeah. You hate them. As a GM, it is aggravating. I'll put it that way. And actually, as a player, a lot of times it's not. You're like, ugh. But that's that's a great way to not get invited back to that next time the group plays. I'm just warning people that you can do that, but it's like eventually people are going to go because people are not that desperate for players. In this day and age, we're lucky. We're blessed in that regard. We used to put up with a lot of crap in the day. God, we need players. I guess I'll put up with that one guy. But nowadays it's like, yeah, that guy plays all characters like jerks. You're out. You're out of the shrine. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Come back with another character. Your character has been fired. Yeah. You're not out of the party, but your character's out. Yeah. And then if the next guy can't hack it, we'll yeah. have a serious talk. But I know there's been times like that before where we've had characters that you're like, there's no way this party would hang out with that character. Yeah. We've never had to do it, but I can remember a buddy of mine that I never knew this because we had really, ironically enough, never role played together that much, but we were buddies and we'd gamed never to any great degree together but he was basically asked like his group did an intervention with him and basically they all were like dude we like you but you're not you're not welcome at the table like you know no hard feelings but go away you know and oh he hurt his feelings really really bad but some years later i gamed with him in a prolonged campaign and i saw everything and i was like oh my god those because i remember at first i was indignant and thought what a bunch of jerks and i felt bad for him now, in the, in the fullness of time, I learned why that group had ejected him. He could be a real jerk at the table. And, I mean, you know, needless to say, the next time we build a group, guess who didn't get an invite? Yeah. And you know? your character's backstory is not a reason for you to be a jerk, for you to embrace your... It's like, is this character a jerk or is this player a jerk? Yeah. And there's ways to role play. Like, Eddie, I'll give him props. He was yeah. playing a character that was... Not a nice guy. Is then is 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 really <laughs> what I've, I've never run a character. But like the that. great thing was he was subtle with it because he wasn't all ham fisted. We're like I'm obviously a <laughs> mustachio twirling villain. <laughs> no, I mean he was evil, but it was very subtle. And you know, I mean, so it wasn't over the top. It wasn't obnoxious. But oh, his character was not a good guy, you know. <laughs> but it was fun for me as a GM. I'm like, oh wow, because you don't see a lot of people play. But he was useful to the party. Exactly, and, and the party didn't know I mean, all these nefarious things. Because it shows you players, and I'm guilty. Don't play attention. Eddie role played the whole campaign where his character had this constant cry for help, and the party an alcoholic. He was he was a raging alcoholic, and he was role playing. You know, I mean, it was and and at some point. He, after the campaign was over, he set everybody down and said, now let me have a talk with y'all. You guys completely 
glossed over the fact that this guy, like, why did y'all not role play an intervention? Or didn't you like the guy? And we're like, well, yeah, we did. But just like he's so life, lovable, where he's so lovable, and there's people in the workplace lovable that drunk. there's all the hints are there, but no one ever like, well, it's not my place, or you know. Whatever. Well, when you talk about being a useful character, I can remember in that when there was a few times where on his turn he'd take a drink. Yeah, it'd be like we're in the middle of this combat, and your character takes a drink. Or there was stuff where, and I liked the way Eddie played this. If if it was the kind of adventure where you start in town mm-hmm. and you let that next morning, guess whose character is hung over and, and like laying across their horse? And so he basically, it wasn't until halfway through that next day, like, oh, there's that combat where you get ambushed on the trail around nine o'clock in the morning. We've just left the inn. His characters, we're hitting him, wake up, wake up. And he's snoring. He's hung over really <laughs> bad and drunk. And, and so, yeah, and, and we were like, Ugh, but you know. And that's where you have to go with the fine line to, is this a, a fun role-playing experience for everyone? Yeah. Or are you not being useful? Would they be like, we've got to leave this guy. Yeah. And like I said, they didn't really, he was the lovable drunk. Yeah. They were like, I eat parties too and, hard. And, but. and you walked the line in that you did that stuff and we would be a little exasperating, but you didn't do it like the whole day or the whole exactly. time. And there was a role playing idiom and, and you know, you kind of knew how to toe the line in that you made it clear to anybody paying attention. This guy had a problem, <laughs> you know, but anyway, which makes me think about the wizard in that one, in that group, you couldn't take him to talk to anyone. He was, was always going to screw that up for you. Um, it's think of the A team back in the day where they had to uh, drug BA to get him onto the plane or the, what he wouldn't fly or helicopter or whatever. Mm-hmm. With the same kind of principle, we had got the rest of the party on uh, distract the wizard duty while the face man went to talk to people because if not, the wizard would shit all over any kind of. Uh, like, uh, let's go talk to the king. Yeah. Well, we're going to get executed if you yeah, go. Because he would go out of his way to be, and his character was supposed to be this incredibly socially awkward kind of goofball, but. But you, was it the player or the character? I'm exactly. And you, TJ. Yeah. And you have to think that, no, I mean, it was his role-playing idiom, but it's, you have to think, I mean, the party, like you said, would either go, we got to get risk. He's going to get us literally executed or thrown in the bottom of a dungeon. You can't talk to a king or baron or duke or whatever this way, or the high cardinal of the church of Zimzam or whatever. So we had to do, we're like, we, the monk had to cold cock him or something one time because he was hell bent that he was going to be part of that conversation or something. And so it was, I laugh about it now, but you know. So it's not that you can't do these things. It's not that you can't role play your character. It's just make sure role-playing your character is still fun for everyone else. Ding, ding, ding. Yeah. Would your uh, would the party hang out with this character? Yeah. That, that's it boils yeah. down to that. That's the litmus test. Like, you know. Would you want to hang out with your character? Yeah. And, it, I mean, it's good. I'm tickled to see anybody role-play. It's good to have a theme in mind and an idea when you're making your character. Or not long after you've rolled them up, you go, you know, like a, a personality starting to congeal from the either, you know. Like, that takes us, I think, to our Fallout game. Yeah. Where we were all, this is a one shot. This is a throw away. But slowly but surely, as our we played more games, and we're like, oh, this is kind of going, this is becoming an ongoing game. And they began getting a life of their own. Mm-hmm. Even in that first session, we're like, yeah, these are throwaway characters. But we started fleshing them out so much. We really a good liked time. them. Yeah. And it, so it's, and it's funny in a way, because I, sometimes I kind of wag my finger like, yeah, you should already have sort of a theme or a concept or something in mind or find one of those questionnaires about, you know, tell me about your character. But I mean, sometimes it's kind of like, eh. Let, That's where the character found us. Yeah. It's, to it's, make it cheesy as it's possible. Just to but kinda, that was it. Yeah. To see the character kind of organically, the just kind of 
Yeah. And I'll say that's another one where I try to keep in mind, make your character useful. Yeah. Because my character in Fallout is not Mr. Combat. And most of the time he doesn't want to get into the combat. Mm -hmm. But he'll come charging out on the Brahmin. Mm -hmm. He's useful. He doesn't stand there for a round and pick his nose and kick rocks. Yeah. He's going to, he at least is doing something to something. Help the party. It might be really wild and goofy and over the top, but he's doing something, you know. And he's useful outside of combat, you know. Exactly. And that's another thing is, let's say you had a character, like say you played a rogue that you said he's a complete coward. Like we were talking about the coward character earlier, but here's the difference. If he's like, I'll go do reconnaissance, and he sneaks up there and he comes back and goes, I almost peed my pants, but I there's three orcs sitting by on a campfire, you know, and he's picking locks and opening doors and setting up traps or you know or i'll take guard duty well, okay he sounds like he's pretty useful to the party mm-hmm. but in combat if he's like oh i get to the back of the party and shoot with a bow at him i'm like yeah okay you know whatever you're still kind of contributing mean, you know he, that character's contributing to the party you know but it'd be like if like i'll play the warrior who's a coward no no thank you you're fired yeah or he's gonna have to overcome yeah, this cowardice the, in the battle. Yeah, let's see this great story out of in short order. He's overcome yeah. his cowardice or something, or he has yeah. to put it on during combat. He's yeah. a coward, but he he knows he can't run because he, he he's so emotionally wrapped up into his yeah. what people think about him. He doesn't yeah. want you to know he's a coward. Yeah. You the the party knows, and but. it goes back to like I said Eddie playing a subtly evil character. How better would it be if you weren't really ham fisted and over the top with this cowardly warrior? If it was we have to be paying attention to draw the lines to connect the dots that, Oh wow. Cowardly nuggets. You know, this, this warrior at the end of the day is absolutely mortified. He's combat. He's a coward. Hmm. It, oh, and that's the really kind of the deeper role play where it's more subtle. And the, and if the players are paying attention, you know, but anyway, yeah. So putting a bow on this whole thing, please do play whatever you want to play, play however you want to play. But if you want to keep playing, keep in mind being useful to the party, mm-hmm. be a character that they would the party would want to hang out with, that they have some use for that they wouldn't realistically go, we're leaving you back in town. Mm-hmm. And if you say you're going to fill a role in the party, fill that role. Mm-hmm. You could be the cleric and not be the healer. But make it clear up front. Yeah. And even then, I'd still say when the chips are down, you might want to pull out one of those heal spells. Yeah. Uh, yeah. If you have the ability, why not? Mm-hmm. Yes, indeed. All right. I'm sure we will get a lot of feedback off this hot take of ours. Yeah. You love that saying, don't you? Hot take. Yeah, that that's your hot new thing. That's your new word, like my uh, uh, bespoke. Oh, oh my. Yeah. So. All right. Well, I see that we are all out of hit points. <sighs> we will see you next time on the new class podcast. podcast. So.